What's going on? It's another awesome episode of the Nerd Related Sports Edition podcast. Uh, it is Monday, November 22nd, roughly 8.13 p.m. So anything that happens beyond this point, do not hold it against us. None of us are streaming the Monday Night Football game. Uh, but hey, it's another threesome. So um, it's about to get hot. Brian Soto is with us. Brian, what's going on, man? You know, just uh, trying to survive fantasy this year and um, looking forward to the Vikings making some noise in the playoffs. I mean, that's a, that's a possibility. It is, uh, it is not out of the question. Um, and hey, speaking of questions, Mark, I got a question for you. Shoot. Would, would Jordan have laid the punch? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Um, would he have landed it? Maybe it's the better question. I don't think, I don't think Jordan would have thrown the punch. I see, I see it a little bit differently. We can, we can get into that in a little bit though, but I don't think he, I don't think he would have threw it. Yeah. I feel like he would have, he would have just had Rodman come do the dirty work. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think he would have laughed at him. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Isaiah fucking Stewart, man. Just weird. Right. Um, but hey, thanks for uh, joining us uh, this evening. As always, if you haven't done your due diligence already and uh, followed us on Twitter, uh, you really should. We are at NR Sports Edition, as well as uh, you should like and subscribe wherever you are, you are listening to uh, this here episode of the podcast. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Are we on SoundCloud? I don't know. Uh, Soda, where are, where are we? Where are we? Yeah. Where can you find us? Um, so you can do Anchor. Most people don't know about that, but you can also do uh, Spotify is the main um, place for sure. We are working on Apple still. Apparently, Apple's like really hard to get your stuff onto, but you know, Apple, that's how that works. Um, Google. If you Google nerd related, our podcast pops up right away, which is amazing. Nice. Um, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast. Um, so, you know, most places you listen to your podcast, you can find our you can find our stuff. Excellent. And yeah, the best way to uh, to get us on Apple is to uh, give us a give us a good review. Tell your friends about us. Um, hopefully, as we enter the new year, we will be in more places we will be like the jesus christ of sports uh, media but hey speaking <laughs> of sports guys let's uh let's jump right into it uh wow the nfl has been drunk the last couple of weeks um and uh <laughs> with a close game right now in monday night football uh it might be even more drunk drunker um i mean we're we're really close to blackout wednesday or thanksgiving wednesday whatever you want to call it um guys what surprised you this week Upset City. This this week was crazy, dude. Almost, I think all the first place division teams, except for Baltimore, lost. I think that's right. Um, and they almost lost. They pulled that out against the Bears at, at last second. Um, but good God, was it a tough week for top seeded teams in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it was uh I don't know. Like, I think we hit this point every year where the the length of the season, the wear and tear kind of sets in. But the way that I look right now at sort of, I don't know, what, what this means for the bigger picture. 
tells you maybe two two things about what the what the playoff race is going to look like specifically in the NFC. I don't think we can say this about the AFC just yet, but I think the NFC is going to come down to two things. Number one, maybe more than ever, I think this is going to be a war of attrition. You know who who is going to enter enter the playoffs with the whoa? Kadarius Tony is just throwing a flea flick, flicker and ooh and got a pass interference. <laughs> Sorry, I got uh, some fantasy implications tonight. Um, I think it comes down to who's the healthiest come playoff time, uh, because at the top of the NFC, there are, I would say, four and a half teams that that I think have a legitimate shot to win. And it might just come down to who's got their best players healthy. The second thing is who can who can who can handle the cold weather that's going to come with the playoffs? And um, it feels like a few of those top five teams certainly have the capacity to do so. So, you know, even though we've seen a a lot of upsets this week, uh, specifically in the NFC, you know, I I think it comes down to those kind of things. Like because the season's longer, I think we're starting to see more of an an NBA type feel to it where, hey, you know, you're going to have bad stretches, but it's okay in the grand scheme of things. You're going to you're going to find ways to uh, to to dig it out. So. I know that's not that's not exciting, but if anything, like just sort of the weird flux of the last couple of weeks has made me think, like, hey, this is going to be a this is going to be a this is going to be a grind, man. I think you hit the nail on the head with that too. I mean, it's specifically for me. I'm just looking at one thing: it's how do you manage your injuries? And I think we're seeing it right now. With, I mean, we're basically a little more than halfway through the season, right? And this should be a point where. I'll go homer a little bit on this with the Packers coming up. We got a tough matchup against the uh, the Rams next week, and then we have our bye. So it's a little bit later in the season than we usually have it, but it couldn't come at a better time because we're banged up all across the board. I mean, we still have guys who have been out for multiple weeks now. And on top of that, we have Aaron Jones. We just lost Jenkins with a torn ACL, which is a huge blow to our O-line. Rodgers, who knows how serious his toe injury is. To be honest with you, and I'm just throwing this out there as a rumor, I have no factual evidence on this whatsoever, but I think he has COVID toe. And it's like a legit thing. Can't <laughs> laugh about it. It is a legit thing. I'm going to so, laugh about it. I've never heard that yeah, before. Yeah, I'm dead serious. It's life. a legit thing. Damn. So I guarantee toe? you he had, because he had some of this I'm shit going back it. to last week when, when he had all that it. COVID stuff. You can look COVID it up. COVID toe. Yeah, COVID toe. Oh, my God. So, um. I, I think Mark we're bringing the obscure facts, right? <laughs> we're kind of falling apart right now and it's not, it's not good. So we somehow need to manage to pull things together next week, you know, for the Rams. And then, you know, we get a two week break there to get uh, healthy here. And hopefully we have back the RA back um, by that time. But, um, you know, looking at the scheme of the, uh, the NFL right now and, and some of the games here, I was watching the end of that bears Ravens game. And that was just a wild ending. Um, but, uh, I think that the closest upset here is, is, was the lions almost beating the Browns and the Browns are just falling apart right now. Uh, I got, I, you know, it, there's something to be said for Baker to be playing through injuries and whatnot, but they look out of sync. Uh, I, I think he's maybe forcing it a little too much right now. Um, but I mean, do they he's really have money, a, man? He's playing a better action. Money. I mean, I don't know. Do they have a better plan? But, no. Uh, no. They're the, they're the Browns. Right. <laughs> they don't have another plan. So it's like unless Nick Chubb is running for 200 yards a game, I mean, 
they very well could have lost, should have lost that game to the Lions. All right, COVID toe before we get a little deeper in here. So apparently, so there's other symptoms of COVID, right? Like cough, fever, fatigue, shortness of breath. But it also is linked to swollen or discolored toes or fingers. Wow. So there's a picture of it. Bro, it looks like frostbite on your toes. It's gross. <laughs> Dude. So some yeah. medical groups say, uh, you know, it can affect your toes, fingers. Usually it's your toes. That's why it got its name. Um, the skin changes and shows up kind of like frostbite. Uh, yeah, so it is a thing. It looks painful. Dude, that's so weird. I hope I'm wrong. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I hope I'm wrong, though. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, it, if it if it's worse than turf toe, I mean, what what could that be? I'm assuming they, they gave it an x-ray when he started having problems and they haven't said it's like, oh, he's dealing oh, with here's a broken right. toe. So here's everything that comes <laughs> along with it, right? So the skin on one or more of your toes and fingers may swell up and turn bright red, then turn purple. <laughs> skin oh. color can look swollen and purple and brownish purple. <laughs> Lots of people don't feel anything, but those that do feel things along with swollen, discolored skin also have blisters, itching, pain, raised, painful bumps, areas of rough skin, <laughs> um, along with uh, pus under their skin. Wow. So damn, it sounds terrible. Well, in the description of this episode, we're probably gonna have to put like a, <laughs> hey, don't don't <laughs> listen before right. eating or walking. <laughs> Ugh. Also, we are not medical professionals. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was Doctor Brian Soto. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, so it's like, I hope it's not that. Jesus. But, yeah. I mean, is well, I don't know. We don't have to speculate <laughs> what COVID toes long term effects yeah, yeah, are. Yeah, no, but we can move back to regular, you know, the anyways. football talk here. But I, I mean, think, uh, I think Buffalo was the biggest surprise. I, it's it's crazy to me having two running backs that are pretty legit how you just refuse to have an even attack or game plan. Like yeah. it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like it, just, it doesn't, their leading rusher was Brito with five carries and 51 yards. Like what are they doing? You know, I mean, what are they doing? I, it's, I, I don't know. And, and people can disagree with me on this if you want, but I feel like there are certain there are certain running backs in the NFL that just that that work well in in duos or tandems, right? Like they're you know like scoring in basketball, right? Some guys are microwave dudes that just can pop in and all of a sudden they're hot, right? They can come off the bench, they can put up four shots and hit three of them and it's nothing. I think the same holds true for running backs. I think a lot of running backs naturally need to get into a rhythm, and there are some running backs. And I mean, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are probably the worst case scenarios because they're both extremely, extremely talented. But those are guys that can come in and just microwave and, and do it without having to get into a rhythm. You know, Buffalo, I don't think has that in their backfield. Um, Buffalo's offense is slowly becoming very one dimensional, like yep. in the way that the Packers kind of did in 2018, where you you knew what was happening. Um, there was little variation. And Josh, Josh Allen can can sling the ball downfield all he wants, but you know when he's not doing that, he's got to put the ball in a dime between zones. And if he's not doing that, they're they're going to struggle. Um, defensively, they're still okay, but 
I mean, uh, everybody, everybody in the league is going to watch film this week and see, okay, well, other than Indianapolis having an incredibly great offensive line, yeah. how can we, how can we replicate this? How can we slow down the game and, and grind away at these guys? I mean, you know, I don't know who the hell the best team in the AFC is, but I still kind I mean, of feel it like might it might be, be Buffalo. England. Yeah, <laughs> really? That's just insane to me. But, dude, they ran 53 plays. I just looked it up. 53, I think. Let me see. Uh, just 40 passing plays. 13 rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. They averaged seven yards a carry. Seven yards a carry, and they like, rushed the ball 13 times. Well, how much of that was in garbage time? You know, like when when teams were just like, all right, well, we're just going to play back. I, I'm uh, interested, and in maybe I – I don't know. And I, I didn't pay super close attention to that game. Um, I did because I had Jonathan on my, uh, one of my okay. fantasy teams. Well, but it's I'm, just one of those things, right? Like they're starting to run the ball on you and they're doing it successfully. You would think, let's try to keep their offense off the, out of field, right? Like let's, let's try to run the ball and keep our defense off of the field. Yeah. So let's, so I'm interested. So Josh Allen ran twice in this game. Um, he had one less carry than both Singletary and Zach Moss. I, I guess I'm I'm wondering if they need to if they need to have him run the ball more like they did last year, and if that's holding them up. Because I mean that could very well be the thing. Now let's throw out last week because last week for them was just an absolute blowout. But he 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 ran twice in that game. Um, then you go to the Jaguars game where they lost. Uh, Five rushing attempts for 50 yards, so a little bit higher. I'm just going to pull some random games here. Okay, when they played the Dolphins, eight carries. I mean, that there could be a trend there. I haven't looked at the numbers completely, but, I mean, if teams are not scheming for Josh Allen running as much or if Josh Allen has been able to exploit teams having to game plan for that and that's allowed him to be a better passer – I mean, maybe he's got to go back to that a little bit more. I understand you you signed to a big contract. You don't want to, you know, put hits on him, but that they might need to make that adjustment this year until they can go back to the drawing board. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about Buffalo. Like you mentioned the code earlier, right? Yep. Like, I mean, Buffalo's one of the coldest, snowiest places in North America. If you're not running the football in January. Yeah, they're just Buffalo. <laughs> they're not built for that. And like it's just crazy to me. Like, look, Kansas City is not either, but Kansas City has more of a run game right now. And they're getting a they're, you know, they're getting Clyde Edwards a layer back healthy. Buffalo doesn't doesn't have that hope. Uh if Buffalo's defense isn't on, you know, are you do you, do you want to get into a boat race at home in January? When you know you're 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 having to throw the ball deep, like I get it, it works the majority of the time. But in a tight playoff scenario, with a quarterback who has not gotten you over the hump, you know Josh Allen's a great quarterback. I'd love to have him on my team. Just you have to ask yourself that question. It's fair to ask. Yeah, no, for sure. And then moving, you know, on the NFC side of things, last week we talked about how the Vikings are a good football team, and they played a lot of close um, games. Well, it was awesome uh, personally, and I, I think I shared this with you guys too, but um, just for you guys listening, it's awesome that you are listening. As I got text messages before the game uh, from 
three or four people saying, hey, listen to the podcast. I'm now concerned about the Packer game. <laughs> and then after the game, we're like, well, you know, we, on the podcast, you guys definitely said it would probably be close. So, I mean, that's awesome that you guys are taking what we're saying and and factoring it into what you think will happen. But, I mean, the Vikings look good, y'all. They've looked good all season. They've just lost close games against good teams. And now they've won a close game against good teams. I mean, the Packers are the number one team in the NFC. And this loss moves them down. Arizona, without Kyler Murray since he got hurt against the Packers, has now regained first place, I think, right? Yeah, um, I think they did. I think yep. nine wins, no. And the Packers aren't there. So what does that mean for the Pack? These guys are Packer fans. I'm a Vikings fan if you guys haven't figured that out yet. That can mean a Packers-Vikings first-round game. You know, like that's a pretty big, significant thing for them. I'm actually a little worried about where the Packers are at right now. Like everyone, it was kind of like a complete 360, you know, from last week is everyone's kind of saying, you know, the Packers are eight and two. They're legit, you know, playoffs uh, contending for, you know, the number one seed, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And now all of a sudden, you know, we lose Aaron Jones. We lose Jenkins this week. We still don't have Alexander back. Like when does it end? You know, when Rogers toe injury, like if he even goes down, like we're fucking done. Like, well, I think that... the con- I think the concern is legit because so the Rams are struggling a little bit. The Rams aren't going to miss the playoffs. What if they get in as a six, you know, as a six or five seed? That means the dangerous. Packers have a potential to play the Rams in the first round. Yeah, the Vikings are dangerous. Carolina lost, so who knows if? Yeah, you know, I think the Vikings are going to end up having that last slot. Not just because I like them, but I just feel like this win's going to give them momentum for the rest of this of the season. Now keep yeah. in mind. Uh, sorry, man, I have to cut you off real quick here. No, so, go uh, ahead. Just keep in mind too, though. With, with I just looked this up, the rest of the the rest of the way, the the good thing that we do have on our side is our as our strength of schedule for the rest of the way because we played a pretty tough first half of the uh, the season, and outside of the Rams coming up next week, we have our bye, and then we have Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Detroit. So I mean, we're we're in a good spot right now. Um, so there's, you know, it, it's possible for us to win out. Um, I don't see that happening, but um, like worst case scenario, we have what, one, two, three, four, five, six games left. We can definitely win four of those, you know, and that gives us 12 wins. Um, so whether or not that's going to be good enough to get the number one seed, I don't know, probably not, but um, we'll at least be up there. We'll have a shot for it. Yeah, I it's, mean, I think the, the Packers are going to be a one or a two, no matter what, like, yeah. The problem is if there are two, like that could be crazy potential for like because because of COVID, because of injuries, because of everything, right? Like all it takes is one test to like mess up that entire game. Yeah, I I mean I I agree with most of what you're saying, and and uh, look like as a Packer fan, yesterday was frustrating. But again, I'll I'll kind of go back to what I what I said before. You know, it's it's I think this year it's going to be a war of attrition. And because of that, I get that the one seed is highly sought after because you get the buy. Uh, but I'm I, I don't know, like this feels more like an NBA playoffs than it does an NFL playoffs, just sort of based on on this concept of, you know, how do you manage your health best or or who's going to who's going to be the healthiest at the at the right time where like I'm not overly concerned about necessarily what what seed 
my team is in. You just want to you just want to get there, right? I think if you any of the any of the top five teams, and I I'm still kind of skeptical about Arizona. Maybe it's because we haven't seen their starters in a while, but I just feel like somebody out of that top four or five, it, it are all there. There's just a logjam there, and uh, any one of those teams at any given point could get hot and be healthy enough to win, including Green Bay, who is who has been playing very very well without two of their top three defensive players for a large portion of the season, uh, as well as, yeah, they're, they're taking hits to their offensive line and some of their skill players, but you know, David Bakhtiari is probably going to come back in a few weeks and I don't think they're rushing him whether or not he has a setback. I mean, that remains to be seen, but I think, um, I think he's going to come back at some point if MVS and Josiah DeGuara and some of these other skill players that are having to step up because of injury, continue to step up they're going to be fine dallas is is kind of in the in the front phase of that sort of process too that you know they're they might be playing with amari cooper down for two weeks cd lamb's got a concussion zeke might have a, a knee injury i could see them resting him this week and pulling back him a little bit they're already dealing with injuries to their offensive line um they're going to have to figure out how to do this tampa is on sort of the back end of that with their defense where they they're getting back more of their their usual defensive backs, but Tampa could take a big hit injury wise on, on the defensive side of the ball and they could be in the same position and the Rams just lost. I, I'm not obviously not their best receiver, but somebody that plays an important role in their offensive scheme. Everybody's kind of in that same boat right now. And Arizona ha, kind of has more of a light at the end of the tunnel, but I just wonder about Arizona's defense when they, in, in a playoff scenario, Green Bay, Dallas, Tampa, the Rams all have playoff experience. Arizona, I just, I'm a little skeptical about, but considering all of those things, like, I don't know, like, yes, it sucks right now as a Packer fan to be in this position, but I, I think there's another gear to that. And I mean, I could go on more so about sort of the scheme that the Packers ran yesterday being sort of. I don't know. Every year there, there gets a point when the offense just feels like, all right, Rogers is going to take a bunch of shots. We're going to struggle to, to move the ball and we're going to, we're going to forget to run the ball for an extended period of time. And then December rolls around and there's a bit of over correct, over, ah, over correction, excuse me. Um, so I don't know, like, I just feel like there's just a log jam with those teams and injuries are a major reason why, but I think they're evenly matched and it's going to make the playoffs a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, even yeah. coming down to the end of the regular season here, I'm just looking at all their schedules, uh, Arizona, Dallas, the Rams, and uh, Tampa. And it all seems that everyone has two or three like good opponents left. So it's the, they seem fairly evenly spread out. Um, so it's really just a matter of who's going to win the games that they should win. And then maybe we get lucky and we have some of these teams lose um, against some, some other good opponents. These guys beat up on each other a little bit. I think one interesting thing to note is Dallas ending the season against Arizona, and then they play at Philadelphia. I think that could be a really good test for them to see uh, um, if they can uh, bolt up to that number one seed or not. And Philly's was, looking good. I was yeah. going to mention Philly too, because Philly's schedule is like all division games. But mm -hmm. um, when you look at just strength of schedule and winning records, it's the easiest schedule. They play the Giants, the Jets. Washington, the Giants again, Washington, and then they end up against Dallas. So, like, out of all those bottom-tier teams on paper, right, because division games are hard to judge, but 
Philly has a path to that last spot. Yeah. The easiest one anyways. Yeah. I, I, I want to move on here in, in just a second, guys, but I have a question. And I know I threw this into our group chat a, a while ago. And after watching last night's game, and I mean, I only watched the fourth quarter because I thought, okay, this is going to be a, you know, Chargers are going to probably just destroy the, the Steelers. It feels like the Chargers just haven't hit their potential. It, it, are the Chargers like the most talented underperforming team in the league? Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, it, it seemed like I, I look at them kind of in the same breath as like the, the Buffalo bills right now. It's like, I think both of those two teams should be where the Cardinals are at right now. And the way everybody and even sports reporters, the way they're talking about them every single week, you know, they're still saying, well, we're not overly concerned about Buffalo and this and this and this. And then I just see them get blown out. You know, they're losing to Jacksonville. He just got blown out by the Colts and they're still talking about, yeah, their defense is still one of the best in the NFL. And I'm like, that's uh, not what I'm seeing right now. So it, I don't know. It's, it's maybe they, yeah, maybe they just haven't hit their stride yet. Um, and again, it, it is a little bit of a longer season this year too. So um, there's still time to figure it out, but uh, I, I expect both of those teams to be better than what they are, what they're showing. I mean, Realistically, like you look at the the standings, you got Titans, Ravens, Patriots are probably the only team that might be a surprise up there. Chiefs, Bengals, Chargers. Like, I feel like the Chargers are kind of right where we figured they would be. Like, I didn't think they would be at the top of the AFC. They're, they'd be, you know, in that second tier of teams. So, um, talent-wise, yeah, I mean, they probably are underperforming, but this probably might be controversial, but I feel like, Talent-wise, the Chicago Bears are underperforming. I mean, <laughs> like, at the end of the day, the talent's there. It's something else. For the Chargers, I, I wholeheartedly believe it's just the belief, right? You just got to win some of these closer games. Herbert can get some of them under his belt, and then it's just that straight confidence. I mean, uh, look, like, six and four is not bad, but it just feels like they've got – They've got playmakers on both sides of the ball, and they just they just don't put it together consistently enough. Like they play down to their competition. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's move on because uh, I want to get Mark's take on. Uh, oh man, his Lord and Savior, LeBron James, who got into uh, a little tussle last night with uh, Isaiah Stewart of the Detroit Pistons. I don't really know where to begin with uh, with this ordeal, guys. But uh, is this malice in the palace 2.0? I, I mean, what, what? It almost turned into it. Jesus, I think uh, when I first heard out when I first heard of it last night, I was I wanted to see like as many different replays as I could, and they kept showing the same stuff over and over again. So my first question was what happened up until that point that led them to, to do that? Cause usually when you play basketball, right, it gets a little bit rough. People are shoving each other back and forth and whatnot. And there's always something that usually leads up to it. And I think this was in like the, what the third quarter too. So it's, you know, you have over a half a game of, of back and forth right now. Those two guys typically don't guard each other. So you couldn't, you can't tell me like Stewart is just like, you know, pushing him in his ribs. Right. And 
LeBron is just going to throw an elbow at him for no reason. Like, I, I don't, like, something had to happen before that that nobody's talking about. So I know LeBron's not known for a dirty player, you know, whatever people want to think of him, I don't care, but it's, it's you don't see his name mentioned in, like, instances like this. Now, Stewart's been involved in some stuff before, so he has kind of a little bit of history rap. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, the way I, I don't I don't see it because when you're looking at these two guys, LeBron, yeah, he did throw the elbow. He did get him in the face. He got up and he held his hand out right away, and he was going over to apologize to him. And Anthony Davis even confirmed that he was doing that. And then they got up and they got in each other's face, right? So if Stewart wanted to do something, why didn't he do something right there? Because he wasn't bleeding yet. He actually did. If you watch it, he it wasn't to the point where his whole face was, you know, yeah, full that's of blood. why. The, but it the was blood starts I don't hitting, think, bro. It tastes different. I don't different. think he realized. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he realized he was actually bleeding at that point. Um, but he, but he was just a little bit. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, shit like that does happen. People do get inadvertent elbows and whatnot. Um, but it, it's. I don't understand how that little incident would have taken him from having the little altercation. I'm fine with you having that. That's fine. And, you know, and it was separated, but for you to completely bulldoze your team and your, your older coaches and, and whatnot was just ridiculous. I mean, like there's no reason for him to act like that whatsoever. And there's nothing that's going to happen too. you had literally how many guys were on the court there's no, I don't care how big you are. There's no way in fuck you were going to get to LeBron at that point. So it was just completely over the top on Stewart's part. I really don't know what he was thinking, um, but that's just kind of my take on it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, LeBron lately, I want to say the last, I mean, he's not a dirty player at all, but the last couple of seasons, he's been barking a lot more, like mm-hmm. kind of asserting his, his vocal dominance on players, even from the bench. Like I've seen him on the bench, just talking Agreed. shit to yeah. like rookies and, you know, people that haven't earned it yet. So it could be some of that, right. He might've been chirping at him all game and it just escalated to that point. Um, yeah. I mean, he's right. LeBron has never been considered a dirty player in this situation. He definitely meant to throw it. Like, I don't care what anybody says he meant to do that. Like when Mark first, when I first talked to Mark about it, he's like, he was trying to swipe his arm away. When you swipe someone's arm away, you you swipe down, my guy. Like, no one on earth swipes that way. It just doesn't happen. The natural emotion is get off of me, and it's always, like, down and away. That's that's just the natural emotion of things. Um, did he mean to hit him in the face like that? Probably not, right? Obviously, he didn't mean to, like, hurt him to make him bleed. But the kid's a, he's a hothead. He's gotten into it with Giannis, too. Not to that level, mm-hmm. but he, this has happened to him before, so... I guarantee you it was one of those things where, like, caught by surprise, he feels the blood, then it starts really gushing, and he's like, fuck this. You know, like, I'm not, this is not happening to me. It's it's just strange that at this point in LeBron's career, he's just, you know, he's been more chirpy and more vocal. Like, dog, you're you're still, like, arguably the, the best player in the league and might be the best player ever. Like, you got to be used to people trying to take the king down. Like, you know... <laughs> Just, you know, be be above it um, doesn't take away from the fact that he's brilliant. But uh, uh, shouts to whoever, whoever on Twitter synced up beautifully the uh, Jim Ross uh, 
Oh my God, it's Stone Cold uh, clip. If you haven't found oh, that on yeah, Twitter, you, you're not on Twitter. Uh, brilliant. Um, <laughs> it's just like the, t- the timing up of LeBron's reaction uh, was perfect. Anyways, um, uh, any, any other NBA thoughts at this point? I know it's super early and yes, um, we are we are barely, barely hitting the tip of the NBA season. But uh, anything stand out to you in the last couple of weeks that we haven't touched on yet? I mean, a couple of things, right? I'll have a, a specific NBA podcast this week, too. I probably won't do it Wednesday because Thanksgiving, you know, and all that jazz it might be like a Saturday morning thing. for. Where's me. your dedication? <laughs> family, family, guys. That's dedication. Um, I think it's going to start settling in. It kind of already has. You'll see you start seeing people plumb, you know, fall out of those top seeds. The Wizards, the Hornets, the Knicks are starting to like come down to earth a little bit. I do think the Lakers are legitimately in trouble. I don't know if Mark's favorite player can can get them out of the trouble that they're in. There's a lot going on in LA. I agree that aren't that can't be fixed by LeBron's greatness. It just can't. Yeah, they they're gonna have to learn to. I don't know. Again, they're they're gonna be a team that come playoff time is is gonna be fine, but uh, they don't they they want to be very careful as the regular season. They don't want to fall too far down the standings and have a have a matchup against a, a really well-rounded team that's uh, younger and more hungry. And then they're, you know, they get totally caught off guard, but uh, yeah. I, I'm interested to see what Chicago is going to do on the stretch. Like Chicago reminds me in some ways, and this is not an apples to apples comparison, but to, to where Milwaukee was a couple of years ago, you know, you get a hot start in the regular season, um, you know, advanced metric wise, you look really good there are guys that, you know, you didn't have the year prior scoring well for you doing things like I want to see what they're going to be like in February. Is this going to be the same kind of unit that that they are now? Can they hold this up? And again, like in tough games, who's taking the final shot? It's great to see them competitive again. I think that's good for the NBA. But um, at some point, I think they're I think it's going to catch up with them to a degree and maybe it won't be till the playoffs, but I'm going to pay close attention to them in, uh, in the stretch run. Yeah. I think more than ever we talked, what we talked about even before the basketball season even started is how much more evenly balanced both divisions are now, or both conferences are now. And you're starting to see that. I mean, you're looking at all these good teams on both sides who have, I guess, struggled out of the gate uh, more than what we're seeing. And, uh, you know, the Bucs are at eight, Phillies at nine, Atlanta's not even in the playoff picture right now. Well, the, the um, Bucs are about to have 10 wins if you've checked well, the score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're <laughs> dominating. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's like that. And even with the Lakers are holding on to eight, Grizzlies are at nine. Even like, I'm kind of excited about the Timberwolves. Like, I went to the T-Wolves game where they beat the Bucks, And my God, like Anthony Edwards, if there's a guy coming out of his damn shell, holy shit. That guy's going to be an absolute monster uh, if he keeps trending upward like this. So I think they got a good young team. They're hungry. Um, I think they could surprise some people um, and sneak their way at least into the shot, um, into the one one of the last uh, spots in the West there. But um, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see who's gonna who's gonna hang on, like who the hot teams are gonna hang on. You know, Washington is a four seed right now. <laughs> Charlotte's a five seed. So it's like I don't expect either one of those. T- two teams to sustain us for the entire year. But, um, but again, you never know. And it's a long season and 
you know, if there's some injuries that play out, um, we'll see. It's, it's just kind of amazing. And I was kind of watching first take this uh, during lunch today. And they were just talking about Colin Coward was talking about how um, the different teams find success once they trade Westbrook. And it was, <laughs> it was kind of hilarious, <laughs> you know, cause he leaves, he leaves OKC, right. And all of a sudden OKC is a better team. He leaves Washington. All of a sudden Washington is a better team. It's like everywhere he goes, you've he, he, always kind of known this, right? He's, he's a triple double guy. He plays, he doesn't play for stats, but he's just that guy. He's not a win guy. And it's, it's kind of, it was kind of funny just listing all the places that he's been and they've notoriously been better once he's left. I'm trying to think of Houston, like when he left Houston. I can't remember when that was. They but, blew up. Yeah. Houston has a yeah. They blew that whole team up. So yeah, that's the that's the exception. I mean, with with uh, Minnesota doing well, right? Like, I think now's the time to try to trade Cat because he doesn't want to stay. No. I'm a, I'm like the biggest trader. You know, if you ever want to hear about a trade, I'm the one like trade him. You know, don't wait, <laughs> just trade him. But he he's basically said he doesn't want to be there and with the rest of your team playing fairly well, like let's get some pieces for them that right. complement my new star. Right. And just get them out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Or good picks. I mean, I, it, for as, for as well as Minnesota started, and I know, gosh, this is the third podcast. We're talking about the T wolves uh, between them and the Broncos, man, we are, we are the niche hipster podcast. Okay. Um, Minnesota is seven and nine right now. And defensively after they were awesome to start the year, they're starting to, they're starting to slow down. Like I, I could very well see Minnesota come, you know, late January be, be uh, out of the picture and just like, well, what are we going to do? Like, yeah, then maybe we trade cat to a team and try to get a, a load of picks and, and build around Edwards. And um, who, who, who else do they have that I can't think of right now? My God, I no sleep. Um, but anyways, um, let's actually jump to, uh, to baseball for a second to, uh, to wrap up here. Mark, uh, Corbin Burns has won the Cy Young. Did he yeah. deserve it? Dude, finally got some respect. Absolutely. Um, he notched out uh, Zach Wheeler, I think, by like 10 votes. Um, basically had the same amount of first-place votes. I think he um, Burns had like 10 more second-place votes than him. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, he, he earned it. And I think a lot of, a lot of votes, um, when they went that way, Wheeler got a lot from the uh, West Coast. I'm sorry, from the um, uh, East Coast teams. And Burns got a lot from the Midwest and the West Coast teams. And when you look, when you break it down and look at all the categories that Burns really dominated in as a pitcher, I mean, he was basically first and or second in all of the primary uh, voting categories um, for, for a starting pitcher. I thought it was a no-brainer. Um, don't get me wrong, Zach Wheeler had an amazing year. Um, but where Corbin Burns came from two years ago to basically being taken out of the rotation, he had a small injury bug, and how he has transformed and became one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, I mean, that's just a testament. Everybody is seeing it, and he's getting the votes that shows that recognition. So, I'm super happy for him and looking forward to a couple more years of this uh, in Milwaukee. Amazing. The fact that he won the award probably means we're trading him soon, but um, <laughs> <Don't> say that. <laughs> outside of that, I, I, I think 
I think it wasn't a no-brainer because he didn't pitch as many innings. Like, had he had a bigger body of work, it would have been like, yep, whatever. But I looked it up. It's the it the ten point margin of victory is the closest in the history of the NL Cy Young voting. Really, closest of all time, ten yep. points. So like, I think it has to do because of that, right? Some some people probably felt a certain way because he didn't pitch as many innings as Zach. But at the end of the day, it's well deserved, man. When he was playing, he was playing lights out. Like, there's no question about it. And now we have, we've always had, we felt you know, as fans here, like a good, at least in the last couple of years, we've had good pitching, right? But now we have a Cy Young winner. That should count for something as we make a run, hopefully towards a World Series before inevitably we blow this shit up and start trading everyone. Well, I mean, yeah, it's fun while it lasts, but yeah, eventually, yeah. eventually they all just sign with the Dodgers. That's how it goes. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, uh, I know we wanted to keep it a little shorter than normal, so that's going to that's gonna do it. Uh, obviously, because of the, the holiday, we're going to slow things down a little bit, but we will be uh, right back. Uh, anything else, Soto, that you want to you want to throw out there? Are you doing anything on Wednesday, like before you uh, before you go into a two day food coma that you want to uh, want to mention? Um, no, not really. I think I'm going to be at the Bucks game. Um, got family from out of town and my wife's nephew's coming, wants to go to a Bucks game. So. We'll probably be at the Bucks Pistons game on Wednesday night, so that's gonna take up my evening. No Isaiah Stewart though, right? He's out two games tonight and uh Wednesday. Yep. So, yeah. yep. so oh darn. We'll get to watch Kate no, Cunningham no. shoot twenty percent from uh <laughs> from the field or something. He's been doing better, I shouldn't say that. Um, but yeah, hey, if uh, if any any uh, nerd related sports edition fans are also nerd related fans, I'll just uh mention I did a review on Skyrim Anniversary Edition that dropped Friday. Go check that out. That was a fun little uh, sort of side project. Uh, highly recommend the game. Uh, hopefully, that's not a spoiler alert on the review. But uh, <laughs> that game, that game, my friend, still holds up. So check it out. Uh, it's ten years old. That's uh, five times the age of my my only offspring. So. Um, kind of abnormal in the gaming world. But anyways, uh, guys, any last minute thoughts before? Uh, before we go and listen to Peyton and Eli talk to some random person about nothing. <laughs> no, take a listen to that podcast. Finally did a good thing. I've never really, pl- I've never played the game, but almost kind of feel like playing it. It's just not my type of tea. But um, if you're into, you know, that open world RPG type of genre, uh, you could really tell Farley loves the game and uh, gives an honest review of what's different in the last decade. So take a listen. Like I said last week, look, if you're looking for an escape from a sad reality where you live just drenched in regret and you want to find an alternate universe to go live and go play Skyrim. So uh, with that depressing thought, uh, we'll get out of here. Thank you again for uh, tuning in. Again, like and subscribe. Give us a five star or whatever the best rating is available on your platform. And I go find us on Twitter. We are at NR Sports Edition. And Brian, correct me if I'm lo- if I'm wrong. We are at NR Gang uh, as well. Related crew, very close. Nerd related crew. Jesus, <laughs> I'm going to remember that. Somebody write that down. Have a great holiday, everybody, and we will be back next week. Happy Thanksgiving, so, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving, guys.